Today in Business from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy to use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60 day trial at shipstation.com slash tech news. That's shipstation.com slash tech news. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Today in business from Wired. A true story about bogus photos of people making fake news. A photographer set out to capture the misinformation producers in a small town in Macedonia. He wound up revealing uncomfortable truths about his own profession. By Tom Simonite. The photographic elite gathered in Perpignan, France, on September 1st, at the annual Visa pour l'image photojournalism festival. That night, the outdoor screen shimmered with images of people using laptops in Soviet-era apartments and a bear strolling past rundown industrial sites. They came from the Book of Velez, by Jonas Bendixson, an award-winning documentary photographer who had traveled to North Macedonia, which had been home to a vibrant fake news industry during the 2016 U.S. election. As his peers gazed at his work, Bendixson watched from the bleachers with increasing discomfort. Two weeks later, a Twitter account bearing the name Chloe Miskin tagged Bendixson in a tweet accusing him of fraud. She claimed to be from Veles and declared the whole project is a joke because he had paid locals $50 to pose for his photos. An hour later, UK filmmaker Benjamin Chesterton, a frequent critic of the photography industry, retweeted the allegations. Then Chesterton noticed that one of Miskin's Twitter followers was wearing the same unusual pink sweater as a woman pictured in front of a snack kiosk in the Book of Veles. That fueled his own suspicions. I imagine any minute now Jonas will reveal that the people in the images are computer-generated as a clever take on fake news, Chesterton tweeted, words Bendixson read with a surge of relief. In fact, Bendixson had created the people in the images with software. The next day, the prestigious cooperative Magnum Photo posted an interview in which Bendixson revealed that although he had traveled to Velez, every person and bear in his images 
was digitally faked using 3D models like those used to make video games. He also revealed that the book's introduction, describing his travels, had been generated with artificial intelligence software. Miskin too was fake, created by Bendixson to trigger his own exposure. He had embarked on the caper to spark a conversation in photography about the growing power of deceptive technology. His ability to fool some of the craft's elite pretends trouble as tools for manipulating imagery and information become more widely available. It's scary that the most visually sophisticated people on the planet fell for this, Bendixson told Wired. Where's the threshold for fooling people who are not so visually literate? Bendixson is an unlikely photo fraudster. His 2006 breakthrough book, Satellites, documented years exploring decaying former Soviet republics. He's since won international awards and membership into Magnum, where he served for a time as president. In 2018, he started reading up on the fake news hub in Velez, in the post-Yugoslavian country of North Macedonia, and spiraled down the rabbit hole. Bendixson, like many people, felt the 2016 election had revealed some uncomfortable truths about facts in the digital age. Visiting Velez, a once communist city like those he had photographed before, could provide a way to offer his own perspective on fake news. Searching online, he discovered the city had associations that could add conceptual dressing. A Slavic god of trickery named Velez features in an archaeological text called The Book of Velez, now believed to be a 20th century forgery. The city of Velez also posed challenges. Its fake news industry had been gutted by tech company purges, so finding people to photograph could be difficult. Then Bendixson wondered if advances he'd read about in synthetic imagery could fake the fake newsmakers well enough to fool his peers. I was so scared of what the answer might be that I thought, I have to try it, he says. When Bendixson traveled to Velez in 2019 and 2020, his jitters about the project were tempered with an odd sense of liberation. Normally, you would spend most of your time trying to meet people, he says. This was much easier. I had no intention of meeting anyone. As he toured shabby streets and factories, he also pursued himself trying to imagine what images typical of his own work would satisfy people's expectations. At each location where he took a photo, he also used a pocket-sized 360-degree camera to capture the lighting so he could later recreate it with fake people. As coronavirus lockdowns gripped Europe, Bendixson settled into his home studio in Norway and started faking. He downloaded 3D models, often used in video game or movie production, to assemble a cast of unreal people, animals, and objects. He carefully posed his characters to match each scene and mimicked the lighting he had captured on location. When he showed a few early images to fellow photographers and picture editors, nobody caught it, Bendixson says. His approach had more in common with conventional photo manipulation and Hollywood special effects than with deepfake imagery, generated with machine learning, which has spurred concerns about a new wave of trickery. As Bendixson gained confidence, he crafted scenes that toyed with tropes of his own work and documentary photography more broadly. Blocky Soviet-era buildings hide pale women and stocky men making fake news amidst jumbles of outdated computer equipment. Elsewhere, guards in peaked caps with guns stand behind barbed wire, and a woman leans over a car window in a dark, red-hued alley. He also tried to leave plenty of clues. 
I put in lots of breadcrumbs, hints that there's something wrong here, he says. One potential giveaway, the bears that seemingly overrun Velez, population 43,000, strolling past industrial sites and a sign for the Norwegian embassy. The animals are a favored form of the trickster god Velez. For the book's introduction, Bendixson turned to a different form of fakery. He collected reporting on Velez from publications including the New York Times, BBC, and Wired, and used it to tune open-source text generation software called GPT-2. By experimenting with different prompts, he generated fragments that fabricated meetings with fake news producers in Velez, quotes from locals, and naturally, encounters with bears. He assembled them into a patchwork that is human as well as machine-made, but Bendixson says, I didn't write a single word of that text. Bendixson's book of Velez was published in May and opens with that unreal essay. It includes more than 50 of his composite images interspersed with computer-generated quotes and reprints of scholarly analysis of the forged book of Velez. The work's true, untruthful nature was known to only a handful of people at Magnum and Gost, Bendixson's publisher. Both publicized the book with conventional announcements. LFI Magazine, a glossy magazine owned by cameramaker Laika, devoted a full page to the book in its August-September issue, featuring a handful of images and calling it intelligent and entertaining, if also an uncomfortable lesson in the harmful potential of digital disinformation. During a July promotion, Magnum offered prints of a shot in which a flock of birds rushes past a drab apartment building with a man silhouetted in one window for $100. Bendixson would usually place a package of photos from a new project in a major newspaper or magazine. This time he turned down inquiring editors, wanting to focus his trick on the photo industry, not the wider public. But he promoted the book and posted the images on social media, expecting it wouldn't be long before someone called them out for looking unreal or questioned what bears were doing roving a North Macedonian city. Instead, I just got a bunch of thumbs up And applause, he says, and even messages praising the reporting in his machine-generated opening essay. That's when I realized we collectively are in trouble, Bendixson says. I didn't know how long this would take or how far it would go. He began to plot his own downfall. Bendixson aimed to sabotage himself on one of photography's most prestigious stages, La Vise pour l'image Festival, which takes place in Perpignan each summer. He had submitted the book for consideration early in 2021 and been surprised when it was selected to be presented on stage via a short video of his images. His preparations for the event included buying a ticket to France and paying roughly $40 for a pre-aged fake Facebook profile in the name of Chloe Miskin. Fittingly, Miskin's account came with the hard-to-verify promise that her profile photo was generated by AI. Bendixson spent weeks curating her account to resemble an enthusiastic freelance photographer from North Macedonia. He sent friend requests to hundreds of people in the photo business, many reciprocated, including museum curators and magazine photographers. When Bendixson got to Perpignan, his duplicity weighed on him. I was sick to my stomach, but I felt I had to document that the screening actually took place, he says. He avoided the whirl of networking, dining alone, and hiding out in his hotel room to avoid meeting anyone he knew. The night of his screening, he arrived early and took a seat high in the bleachers, trying to hide behind his face mask. 
When the Velez video rolled, a sequence of his bear images soon swam into view. My heart jumped a beat, Bendixson says. I thought the bears were the weakest link. Bendixson launched his attack on himself the next day, back home in Norway, aiming for the truth to emerge before the festival's main program ended a few days later. He logged into Miskin's Facebook account and wrote a post accusing himself of paying subjects to pose fraudulently, declaring his project is the real fake news. To Bendixson's alarm, the post didn't gain much traction. He reposted the allegations in a private photography Facebook group, sparking a discussion in which participants largely accepted Miskin's claims, but found little wrong in paying subjects in photos. His planned self-immolation in tatters, Bendixson spent days frantically building a Twitter presence for Miskin, ultimately attracting the eagle eye of Chesterton, the UK filmmaker who, at last, called out the project. It was a big weight off my shoulders, Bendixson says. He called Magnum's CEO, Caitlin Hughes, who, like almost everybody else with the agency, had been kept in the dark. She was standing on a drizzly London street on a night out with her husband when she learned that the company had published a book and sold prints that were faked. I did know he was working on something secretive, but I wasn't expecting this, she says. It really shakes the firmament of documentary photography. The next day, Magnum posted the interview in which Bendixson came clean, alerting the wider world of photography. Jean-Francois Leroy, longtime director of Visa pour l'image, learned his prestigious festival had been punked when Bendixson emailed a link to the interview. The revelation left a sour taste. We knew Jonas for years and trusted him, says Leroy, who says he was trapped. The festival sometimes asks photographers to see raw, unedited images, but did not ask Bendixson, whose work had been featured in the past. I think Jonas should have told me it was a fake, Leroy says, allowing the festival to make a feature out of disclosing and discussing the stunt and its implications. Others taken in by Bendixson's project have warmer feelings. Julian Montague, an artist and graphic designer in Buffalo, New York, saw Bendixson post a link to the Magnum interview on Facebook and read with interest. He'd bought the book earlier in the year out of interest in the concept of a fake news industry and the aesthetics of the former Eastern Bloc. Bendixson's images, grainy and with moody lighting, had struck him as artful, not artifice. Now they felt different, in a way that enhanced his experience rather than leaving him feeling cheated. It's interesting to revisit the photographs with that knowledge, he says. I admire it as an experiment and piece of art and agree with him that it portends a scary future. Chesterton, who triggered Bendixson's reveal, calls the project magnificent, but for different reasons. He sees its primary value not as an indicator of the growing power of synthetic imagery, but as a spotlight on the foibles of the photography industry. Chesterton often uses his tweets and company blog to highlight instances of fraud and questionable ethics in documentary photography. The industry will put it down to CGI and computers and stage a debate about that, he says. They won't bring up that if you want to cheat in photojournalism, you can, and you're unstoppable because there are no checks and balances. Bendixson, who says he will return with relief to his previous truthful practices, hopes to spur conversation. I think I scared a lot of people, just like I scared myself, he says. Hopefully this is a little bit of shock therapy that gets us talking about this, he says. Magnum is still deciding whether or how to contact people who bought the book or prints to inform them that they didn't actually get what they paid for. The agency still offers the Book of Velez for sale, 
but it has not updated its listing to disclose the truth of the project. Gost's listing doesn't either, but subtly links to coverage of the stunt. A spokesperson for LFI said the magazine's editors were discussing how to disclose that the item it published in June about the book didn't tell the full story. Bendixson, too, won't reveal all. All the people are fake, he says, but so are some animals, cars, and other objects. All I can say is there's something fishy in every image, he says. I don't want to take the joy out of the hunt. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more business news at wired.com slash business. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.